welcome to the TPA podcast, a series of interviews with the Preston Associates Partnership of Executive Coaches. We will take a look at the trends driving business and leadership and offer insight and analysis on how you can become a better leader. I am your host, Tom Ritchie. Building relationships is an integral part of our working lives. Knowing what makes our closest colleagues tick, how they like to receive feedback or criticism, or even what their biggest bugbears or pet hates may be, are little nuggets of information that form the basis of an effective partnership. Of course, how we build those relationships has profoundly changed over the past year. Water cooler chats and end of meeting natters have been replaced by Zoom meetings and Slack messages. For many of us, we haven't even met partners, clients or colleagues in the flesh, conducting our working relationships entirely in the virtual realm. How has this made relationship building more difficult? Have the heightened emotional stakes of the COVID-19 pandemic actually made us more open with new contacts? And what does this mean for peer-to-peer networking? Today, I'm joined by Christian Cullinane and Michelle Bramley to discuss how they've been advising coaches that have struggled with this phenomenon and how we can forge successful connections in our new working reality. Hi, Christian. Hi, Michelle. I thought we could just start by asking you both how you've managed building new relationships during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so I think what I found um, to be the key thing is, um, is being authentic. Um, and what I mean by that is being open and being human, um, showing vulnerabilities, but also showing empathy and compassion. And I think um, I think that's been critical, actually, at this you know at this difficult time um, that we're that we're in at the moment. And I've seen that in my coaching practice um, with the clients that I've worked with, actually entirely online. So almost all of my coaches I've never actually met uh, in person over the course of this last year. Um, but I've also seen that um, in, you know, building my own relationships as I've joined new organisations. So last year I joined uh, the Preston Associates last autumn. Um, and so, you know, I've needed, I think, very much to sort of use this authenticity, to rely on this authenticity when I've built my relationships um, with colleagues at the Preston Associates based all around the world. And also um, in my capacity as a non-executive director and a board advisor, where again, I've taken on new appointments last year. I think the other thing I'd add on that is that, you know, I think I've also had to think quite carefully, if you like, quite consciously around how, you know, how one presents oneself online. And there's a range of things that um, that I've focused on myself and I've advised my coaches to focus on as well. And that's particularly thinking about the skills of active listening, um, but also thinking about, you know, how you look online, you know, what's your posture like, your expression, reactions, how you sound, tone and sound of voice, as well as actually what you say. Yeah, I think, um, uh, if I may, I'll build on that a little bit, because I think it's been, yeah, it's been a, a unique experience. And if anything, the last... I would love to say, you know, just a year, but frankly, who knows how long um, this will go on for. Um, Yeah, it's been a real leveller. We've all got this new shared experience that we didn't have before. Yeah, it's the new weather. Um, It's something that we can all talk about. We can talk about our experience during lockdown and COVID and how that's affecting us individually. And I think how that kind of translates to building new relationships, it does give us this kind of extra avenue to talk about. Um, 
as a as a coach uh, working within TPA, but you know, also with uh, my, my other role as a, as a leader in an organization um, who deals you know, with employees, but also in deals with with clients and other partners as well. Um, you, you've had to be really flexible about how you're actually networking people, networking with people, really flexible on on the sort of channels that you're using to get in touch with people and to make use of. And, and that brings with it a few challenges that you just need to be really alert to. And I think, you know, probably one of them is just the need for flexibility. The number of people I've spoken to where, who are juggling childcare arrangements, who are juggling other support arrangements, who are working in perhaps not the ideal working environment. And, and they've had to take steps to really build in the flexibility themselves and i've you know i'm very familiar with some of my coaches whose partners work as well and, and and they've got young children and they're taking this in shifts you know there's the first six hour shift and then there's the second six hour shift which you've got means that you've got people working well into the evening so having that flexibility using every channel available and but using this kind of unified experience that we're all going through has, has presented some unique challenges but also some unique opportunities as well You've touched on one there, but are there some more common common problems that your coachees are encountering in regards to building relationships in a virtual world? Some of the sort of issues that I've seen coaches come to me with has been a lot of it has been around confidence, actually. And perhaps that stems in part from the fact that, you know, the nature of our relationships, if you like, have become more transactional. And so, for example, you know, people will go online they'll see their they'll see their team or they'll see you know their manager their leader um for a specific zoom conversation so there's less opportunity to you know read the room to get a sense of how that presentation went down that you were delivering on strategy um less opportunity for feedback and because of that lack of feedback I think that is generating more confidence issues uh, in individuals. And again, obviously, in a coaching context, that's something that we can help with in terms of helping those individuals understand, um, you know, where they're at, what the reality of the situation is and, and, and stop, if you like, you know, those sort of inner voices or inner critics, if you like, coming coming to the surface. The other thing that I would say as well is around impact, um, and that's impact online. And I'm thinking particularly there of some individuals where I've coached them and they've been new leaders um, to new organizations. Um, and so as part of that onboarding process, you know, spent a lot of time with um, a number of leaders actually working with them, thinking through around, you know, how are they gonna manage um, leading teams online where you know their onboarding to the organization is is completely new um, and they've got to establish um, and develop relationships not just you know with their team but with wider stakeholders so Michelle you touched on it briefly there and I'd like to dig into that a little bit more which is what is actually lost with the lack of face-to-face -face interaction and communication Christian, do you want to kick off with that one? Yeah, I think it's a, a really fascinating area. And this is, you know, this has been a massive experiment in, in changing the way that we communicate with other human beings. And, and in itself, this huge disconnect from actually thousands of years of developed social instinct. 
Um, and I think that's that brings with it some really interesting, um, really interesting uh, experience because yeah, matching and, and pacing during a conversation face to face with another person isn't just about the words. Um, and it's also, you know, there's a huge amount of your body language and those kind of natural instincts that, that people have built up over time. Um, in any kind of online, be it Zoom or Teams or, you know, name of the plethora of other ways that we can communicate now, yet you really lose that. And in fact, it's worse than losing it because it's strange. There's this delay. It may only be tiny, and that's entirely dependent on your broadband speed. And I live in the country, so my broadband's terrible. But you you get this delay, which builds in your in your mind. You begin to think, actually, we're not having a good conversation. I'm not clicking with this person. This is going badly. And all of those thousands of years of social instincts are telling you that actually this is going this is going poorly, and you're not getting that kind of biological response you get from a really good conversation. You know, you're not getting your dopamine hit and you're not getting oxytocin. You're missing all of that. So the lack of those instinctive responses actually makes for quite difficult and quite challenging conversations. Now, magnify that by, uh, as Michelle had said, yeah, every conversation is now transactional. So my conversation with my, with my leader in my organisation is quite a transactional conversation. It's no longer that kind of flowing, easy conversation that you might get when you go to grab a cup of coffee or something. So I think being able to recognise that that is the reality, that recognise that we're not having a bad conversation, we're just having a different conversation because of the medium of it, um, I think makes a makes an enormous an enormous difference. And and the, the one thing, and this is a bit of a personal. Um, uh, personal bugbear in a professional sense rather than in a coaching sense because coaching discussions are by their very nature personal and, and direct um, if you're on zoom or if you're on teams or anything boy do people feel like they can just disconnect from the meeting if they really feel like it they're checking emails you can tell because they turn the cameras off um, you, check, you're check, checking emails you're doing other things people aren't fully present in the way that in a normal face-to-face -face meeting, they might be fully present. And I think a good example of this would be if you imagined having a face-to-face -face meeting and everybody behaving in that face-to-face -face meeting in the same way that people do in a Teams meeting. How, how odd would that be? Uh, and I think that's the, that's the experience that we're living in. So that sort of piece between face-to-face -face interaction and communication versus virtual um, has created some unique challenges and and this has been a learning experience for everybody who's been involved in it. I'd maybe just add a couple of points actually just thinking about it in an organizational context um, and there you know there's less opportunity if you like for soft briefings um, so you know you need to get a key decision made at a particular meeting well, what we'd have all done in the past would have been to have had you know sort of offline conversations beforehand where we'd have popped around to somebody's office for example and and ensured that there was alignment or tried hard to ensure that there was alignment before going into a meeting that's now more difficult again for the reasons that we've said about you know sort of uh, conversations being sort of i suppose more transactional so we've lost those water cooler moments if you like where you could you know, use those as an opportunity to get alignment. And we've also lost those water cooler moments for, you know, more 
informal one-on-one catch-ups just around you know how someone's day is what's going on in their lives and I think that's also key actually for more junior colleagues too so they haven't now got the opportunity to you know ask a question at the water cooler or to drop by someone's office in a way where they you know where they where they would have done um and now what they're faced with is you know booking a zoom call or a teams call to have a conversation with someone about a particular point when before that would have been done much more informally you know it's quite interesting in some ways i think we're actually more open with each other about how we're feeling do you think this is due to the medium that we're interacting with each other on so zoom teams meetings or do you think it's because we're kind of running at a more highly strung emotional state given the current situation Tom, that's a really interesting question, actually. If I'm honest, I don't know what the answer is in the sense that whether it's because of um, uncertainty or whether or not we're being more open because of the medium. But what I would definitely say is we absolutely have people being more open. Um, Maybe it's down to the fact, actually, that, you know, we're having this shift to working from home. It's made us all more human. Um, We see the whole person in front of us now not just the professional person and you know and what do i mean by that well you know we're we're effectively we're you know we're being invited into people's homes and we're learning about all aspects of their lives whether that's you know dogs zoom bombing or you know children you know sort of deciding to come in and say hello that's all it's all making us more more human and I think actually as a result of that I think it's making this potentially at least less less hierarchical um, because we're all sitting um, within the confines of a screen Um, and I think actually that's also hopefully fostering more inclusiveness as well I think you know, it also gives, as a result of that, opportunities, I think, specifically for leaders to be more approachable um, because they can show their vulnerabilities and and project openness and use that really in, you know, to build a culture of empathy, both internally with employees and externally with, with clients. But what I will say, if I can just sort of share this sort of anecdotally, anecdotally, I've certainly seen far more openness on screen with my coaches. People have been much more readily willing to share their vulnerabilities and their emotions. Yeah, I think I think that's an absolutely fair observation because certainly in the engagements I've had with some of my coaches over over recent months and there has been a very there has been a very defined change in the character of that you know lockdown one experience is quite different from lockdown three in the if, you, if you're in the uk uh in terms of where people's you know, emotional kind of level seems to be at and people are much more for want of a better term tightly wound now um they're genuine there's genuine uh, desire to to actually get through this phase as a genuine really genuine desire to to get back to um, something that looked like normality and, and concern as well in terms of 
you know, children missing out on enormous amounts of school and all of the other um, uh, collateral kind of issues that we'll we'll undoubtedly see as a as a result of of this of this pandemic and working in the way that we've we've had to work. Um, I do think there's something about privacy as well. Um, when you have a coaching session with a client face to face, that's yeah, inevitably in a private area, but it's still on somebody else's turf. You, you know, I, I don't have client meetings with coaches, uh, sorry, coaching meetings at their house. That that never happens face to face. It's only in my experience. Um, however, we're now having coaching meetings in people's houses all the time. Um, it just happens to be that we have this electronic medium between us. So I think there's actually a, a bit of an impact in terms of people's comfort level about perhaps being a bit more open, perhaps feeling like they can finish the session and, and, and just get themselves, you know, get themselves back together again if they need to. So those types of, of, of characteristics, I think, are quite unique to the circumstances that we're in now. And um, I think it's, it has undoubtedly created some behavioural change. The interesting thing is going to be when we get back to something that looks, you know, fingers crossed, like semi-normal, whether we revert back to type or whether some of these things endure. So far, we've spoken a lot about managing relationships with those that you already know, people within the organisation, maybe an existing contact. But what about the challenges of building connections and new relationships with people that you haven't yet met or worked with? I think there's, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting observation, actually, because there's, there has been a definite change. And, I, you know, I don't know about Michelle's perspective on this, but I've never had so many LinkedIn requests. I've never had social media requests at quite the same volume um, and my coaches are in exactly the same experience and it's almost like we're getting to the point of 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 you know um, connection fatigue in that we have coaches who are saying I'm being contacted by all kinds of people who are completely irrelevant to what I'm trying to do so I think that's given a rise to some really quite interesting new developments in terms of things like um, uh, the app clubhouse a very different thing. Um, I don't think if 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 um, COVID hadn't happened, I suspect that wouldn't have rolled out quite as quickly as it has, because it's a different way of connecting and networking with people in your field. And and I think those types of it, um, uh, uh, media have have really benefited from this because people want connection. Um, they can't do it in the sort of traditional way that they've done to date. Um, Everybody gets tired of Zoom or Teams and doing things with a screen in the way, but actually instant messaging with somebody who's in California who happens to be in the same field as you about issues that you both are, are keen to, um, to, to, to discuss at the professional level is, is great. It works really well in the current environment. And I think there's been this real pickup in those types of ways of, of people networking in a different way than they had done historically. And, and what would your final piece of advice be for a senior leader that is struggling with building those key relationships in the given circumstances? I would say uh, it's that focus on authenticity. Um, but linked to that authenticity is also having um, an appreciation and maybe actually a greater appreciation uh, of your colleagues, your employees, your customers, and other stakeholders' circumstances, so that you are being authentic, um, but you're being authentic in a skillful and empathetic way.
for a senior leader who's struggling with that relationship building in these in the sort of circumstances that we're facing at the moment, yeah, there is something about kind of going back to basics, um, treating those engagements, although they're remote, in the same way that you would prepare for a face-to-face -face meeting. And just and just making sure that just because we can do this electronically doesn't mean to say that you you, know, you really shouldn't be thinking about the, the kind of issues, the drivers for that, that individual. Um, but there's also this additional element in that we can't really make some of the assumptions that we might have made. We can't rely on the kind of social cues and social instinct that we might have done previously. So, you know, being observant, if you're on a video call, being observant about, you know, actually what's that person's body language like, uh, how are they looking today and comparing that to how they might have looked a few days previously. You can, if you pay attention, read some of those things and read what might be going on for that individual. But, you know, I would say that the number one thing, prepare like you were you, you were meeting face to face normally and and recognize that for both internal um, the network within your organization and external either with the you know, customers or partner organizations you know really pay attention to some of the detail and and be conscious about reading that at the, during those engagements and i think if we do that it allows those engagements to be as effective as they can be in the context of potentially hundreds, if not thousands of miles actually being between you. Thank you for listening to the TPA podcast, available to download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast and SoundCloud. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon.